When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's bye week for the Ohio State Buckeyes, but man, they certainly came on into that bye with uh, their most impressive win of the season, a three-point win, uh, essentially walking it off at Notre Dame, which kind of gives us a, an opportunity to take a deep breath now and, and reflect a little bit on the first four weeks of the season and evaluate where this team is compared to what our expectations were. Who has performed better than we thought? Where do we want to still see some continued growth? Uh, and, and how does that you know, that win on uh, Saturday last weekend changed the ceiling for this team here as, uh, as we, you know, try to give a little bit of a prognosis of, of what we think the future of the 2023 season can look like. We'll dive into all that coming up next on the Buckeye Breakdown Podcast. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Anthony Meglin. Glad to have you here on uh, on Thursday morning for uh, an off week, a week where Ohio State fans can enjoy uh, a chance to take a deep breath and continue the uh, winning feeling that they had from this past weekend. No game on Saturday, but uh, a, a natural stopping point here, I think, for at least for you and I, uh, to mm-hmm. say, okay, enough of a sample size here. There's enough data points to, to give a, a, you know, I think a reasonable evaluation of where this team is so far. Um, so let's kind of dive right in with that thought right there, Anthony. And and I'd, I'd love your thoughts on where you think this team is compared to where you expected they'd be. Yeah, no. And one thing that I want to hit on first is just how important Saturday was, like beyond beat, winning the game and going to 4-0 and beating Notre Dame, all that stuff. Going into a bye week off of a win is I was just I hadn't thought about it re- literally till you just said it right there. Um, you know, just going into a bye week off of a win is so important. Like just imagine having that bad taste in your mouth, um, you know, for two weeks, like not having the chance to, you know, sometimes off a, off a tough loss, right? If you if you are on the losing side, it's really nice to just wash it, flush it, and get into the new week. But when you come into a bye week off of a off of a loss as opposed to a win, it just lingers with you. So that's so big, um, I think, for Ohio State. You know, just as this week goes along, they have time to just get healthy and they can do it with positive mindsets, right? Because they are, uh, you know, coming off that huge win. And really, as that te- as the team stands uh, right now, I think it's exactly one of the things that we talked about last week, where they're on this just steady trajectory upward um you know it hasn't been perfect right there's been some bumps in the road but they're just steadily getting better like go back to that indiana game i was just looking through some of the some of our notes from um a couple weeks ago and you know indiana kind of you know was played them really tough and it's turning out that Indiana's not great. Like Akron took Indiana to the wire um, on Saturday, uh, you know. So they, they, and remember that game how the, how uncomfortable we felt. And then going into Youngstown State, 
felt a little bit better. And then we got took that big step against Western Kentucky, and now you're feeling good. And then you play uh, Saturday's game, and it just you come out of it feeling like, okay, this is the team we were expecting. Took some took some uh, learning curves and, and took a, a little bit to get going, but this is the Ohio State team that we were looking forward to seeing. And I, and I think for me, that's kind of what made what has made this year fun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's fun to win. It's fun to be around a group that's good. That's for sure. But part of what you love about college football is it's a different team every year, right? And mm-hmm. some years it's a very different team. Uh, and I think Ohio State, you know, was. I don't want to call it learning on the fly, but there was there was some unsettling um, in some of those position groups. Obviously, the quarterback one is you know the the most obvious one, right? Like Ryan Day didn't have a decision made for a couple of weeks into the season, and so there was some inconsistencies at quarterback, but enough that I thought you know Kyle could be named the starter pretty quickly, and eventually after two games he was. Um, you know, the offensive line obviously has had some growing pains. I'd, I'd like to see them better in the run game, but I think they've done a pretty decent job keeping Kyle and at times Devin uh, upright when, when they've had chances. Um, you know, I, I, I think the depth in the running back room has been impressive, but I expected that their numbers might look slightly better. It's, it's been interesting to see how few possessions – Ohio State's had this season, and it's not just because of teams trying to milk the ball. Like Notre Dame wasn't going to just try to sit on it offensively and see if they could outlast Ohio State. And yet that game, there were there were times where you looked up the clock, you're like, wait a second, how much time's left? Um, the, the game kind of flew. So it, it's been an interesting year. Um, it's been a fun year so far, and I'm sure some of that's because of the fact that, you know, they just beat Notre Dame. But I, I firmly believe that Ohio State's two biggest tests are ahead of them. Um, I think Penn State and Michigan are both better than Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's a very good team. Um, but I am more concerned about Penn State and Michigan than I was about Notre Dame. Well, I'll tell you what, that uh, Penn State team that we're kind of staring down the barrel of um, of seeing in a couple of weeks um, is is there. That's a good football team. Um, that's a really, really good football team. And one of the really good things for Ohio State, um, you know, we were looking at their schedule last night. It almost get, got split up perfectly where it's almost you, you can slice it into threes. Right. So you take the first third of the season where the big game at the end is Notre Dame. Okay. Um, and they, and they pass the first test, right? They go four and oh, you know, continuing to get better. And then you look at the middle, uh, the second slice of the season, you get a bye week then you have two games go to, we got Maryland next week. And then it ends with, um, it ends with Penn state. And then uh, the final third of the season is another three games that ends with Michigan, you know, so it gives you the opportunity to really like mentally for the team's perspective, like, Hey, so let's split this thing into thirds and let's win each third. And by winning each third, you know, you want to go undefeated. You need to probably go undefeated um, in each third, but you need to continue to get better. And it's like Notre Dame presented a very unique test to Ohio state, but Penn State's going to present a very unique test uh, to Ohio State. And then Michigan at the end of the year is going to present a very new test to them. So it's almost like you can like, hey, we're going to spend the next month focusing on in the back of our minds, like, right, we don't want to overlook any opponent, but we want to focus on, hey, Penn State's going to have an elite passing game. Uh, they really are. And it's, it's kind of grown into fruition there. And they also going to have a really good defense. What's that? 
I mean, Singleton and Allen can run, man. I mean, they, they've – yeah, they're balanced. They're legit. They're really good. And then when you think about Michigan at the end of the year, right, we've had our problems with them, uh, right, where they can punch in the mouth, but they can also get the big plays, plays through the air. So I think it's really cool how the season split itself up to where, all right, now we're focused on, you know, right, we got to take care of business in some of our, our, our now Big Ten games. But at the end of the at the end of this third, right, we have uh, an awesome Penn State team um, that, you know, um, that we're going to have to handle um, here in a couple of weeks. So I, I guess I understand um, – I, I, I agree with a chunk of what you're saying there, but I'm almost looking at it from uh, an even, you know, tighter window. I I think it's it's kind of nice that Ohio State has their their three biggest games spread out, and, and I guess technically spread out evenly. But I, I I almost feel like this team needs to be hyper focused on what is right in front of them. Um, and you know, the reality is like, I don't expect Ohio state to lose to Maryland, but I, I think Maryland's probably the fourth best team in the big 10. Um, they're having a really solid season so far. They've got a good quarterback and they are going to come to Columbus with absolutely nothing to lose. Um, I, I think that could potentially for stretches, maybe look like the first half of the Michigan Rutgers game last week where it was tight. And, and if you don't have a hundred percent focus, then you could find yourself in a dogfight late. Um, I, I don't expect Ohio state to, to trip up against Purdue. Um, but I, I, I think Maryland is going to be a very focused effort uh, from a group that's coming off a of bye you know, at that point, the the emotional win at Notre Dame will be, you know, far enough in the rearview mirror. It's time to get back to work kind of thing. Um, but, I, I, you know, look, going to play Wisconsin at Wisconsin, I, I know the Badgers don't look amazing right now. They're not bad, and that's a tough place to play. And Luke Fickle's going to have that team ready. So, you know, I, I expect that that'll be a decent game. Um, I, I don't really have high hopes for Michigan State at all the rest of the year uh, and, and Minnesota, I'm kind of like, meh, I think they're okay, but I, I, I'm not really anticipating they're going to give the Buckeyes a, a, a brutal test. So I, I definitely understand where you're at along the lines of like leading up to big game break next four game chunk leads up to a big game. And then next four games, I, I get that part. But um, I just think with what, with the way we've seen this team grow throughout the beginning of the season, if they if they get too far in front of their skis, they're going to find themselves in moments that maybe they don't belong in. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a hundred percent sense. Um, and we actually hinted about it, you know, in the weeks prior, where the opponents were, you know, it was Western Kentucky, Youngstown State. Like, don't overlook them, right? When you know, really, you're going to take, you're going to show up there and win those games. Now you seriously can't overlook any of these teams, right? We saw a couple years back when you know we traveled to Purdue. It was uh, JT Barrett here and got stomped, right? Lost, lost in a big one, right? And you're going to be doing yeah. the same thing. You'll be doing the same thing here in a couple of weeks. So it's definitely, you make a really good point. Uh, you know, can't overlook anybody and just find different ways or different things that you need to get better at and execute um, these next couple of weeks, because it's going to be a lot of good opportunities to continue, continue to get better. And then, you know, with that ends with uh, a couple huge, huge games um, still remaining throughout the, throughout the schedule here. 
Let's go big picture nationally for a moment. You know, it's it, the, the polls are always interesting this time of year because you don't yet have the college football playoff rankings. So it's still, you know, the AP poll and the coaches poll. And it's it's a pretty good mix of what have you shown versus what do we think you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And the reality is until Georgia loses – I'm hard pressed to believe that somebody's going to knock them out of the top spot in the AP poll. Um, right now, Michigan's second. I get it, but I don't think Michigan has shown. Uh, if, if you're looking at just a pure results perspective, I don't think Michigan deserves to be ranked that high. I'm not saying they they're not good enough to be that high. Um, I, I I'm I'm kind of looking around the country and thinking that Ohio State is probably ranked right around where they should be. Um, I don't know exactly how I would rank them, but I will tell you that I've been most impressed with some other programs. Um, And if we're looking at just a, what have you done? Washington looks like the most dominant team in college football right now, Um, which nobody's talking about. Washington is having a phenomenal start to the season. Um, you know, Georgia has a crap load of talent and they look like it. Uh, they're definitely a top four team to me. I think Texas looks outstanding and they registered a huge win over Alabama. Uh, I don't think Alabama's quite what they've been. I think a lot of people are probably feeling that way, but Alabama's still a legitimate test. Uh, and Texas beat them. Um, you know, Florida State's beaten both LSU and Clemson already, right? I mean, yep. how, how could you not include them in the top four right now? Uh, and so all four of those teams don't include Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan for me. Um, so I, I don't really know how I would consider, like, ranking teams at this point, but I think it underscores the reality that this thing feels pretty wide open. Like, I'm not looking around saying – yeah, everybody's playing for second place because Georgia's that good, right? Mm-hmm. There, there, there are eight or nine teams that I think have a legit chance to win the national championship, and all of them have a very real chance to make the playoff in the first place, and that's part of what we're going to find out over the next few weeks. But I, I don't know that I would think Ohio State is, based on purely results, I would say that they're probably no better than fourth. It's, uh, it's so exciting. From in my opinion, where like the state of college football this year, and think about if we had the twelve team playoff going this year, like this was be- this would be the year for it because there are so many teams. Like currently, like as it stands today, if there's a twelve team playoff, Alabama would be the twelfth seed, right? And they'd be playing Georgia potentially, or however it would shake. You know, like how cool is that? Where it's where it's for the first time in a long time, just like you said, there's the last four or five years. Really, it was a competition for second place, honestly. Uh, but you even left out a couple names there. USD, 4-0. They look incredible. Yeah, Oregon, 4-0. Dominant. Um, and then there's one team that still hasn't gotten its flowers yet, but it's kind of on the back end, is Washington State. Um, they beat Wisconsin a couple weeks ago and then beat Oregon State last week. And also, too, I mean, there's so many 
like big picture national storylines. Um, one of my favorites is that it's just so wide open. You know, there's a handful of Pac-12 teams, and they're giving it their last hurrah for the uh, for the Pac-12. But a handful of teams out out in the pack that it's really hard for you know potentially our fan base here. Like all like no joke, all those games kick off at 10 p.m., 10 or 11. And it's honestly hard to watch. Like Michael Penix is going to potentially, if he stays on this path, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. And you may not, you may not have seen him play yet. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's one of those things where there's so much good football going on right now, and you can make a case in sitting here and going into Week Five that I don't know four, five, or six teams could win the national championship. Uh, and that's in my opinion, that's awesome. It absolutely is. I saw Michael Penix through four games has put up better offensive numbers than Iowa's offense has through the last 23 games. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, They're doing it against – and, like, for the first time ever, like, the Pac-12, like, in, in the top 25, you got Washington, USC, Oregon, Utah. Uh, you got Washington State. You got Oregon State. So there's six teams right there uh, that are in the Pac-12 that – and here's historically haven't been relevant, uh, but this year they're playing some really good football and really fun football too. Yeah. I, um, I, I certainly omitted, you know, USC and, and Oregon in particular, you know, I, Oregon's win over Colorado didn't, um, didn't make me jump out of my skin. I thought it was an impressive win. You know, they, they, they pummeled Deion Sanders. Um, but I kind of expected it. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm, I'm just not all in on Colorado yet. I think they, they've got some substance, and they got a whole lot of flash, and they've I, certainly, I, certainly generated attention. But I don't think they're quite that good yet. I would add to that that not only did Oregon like take care of business, but it put them regardless of, you know, what anybody thinks of Colorado, like that was the most watched game this weekend. So it was like, it was Oregon's chance to, and I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. That's one of the cool things about Colorado. Like you don't think Caleb Williams knows he's going to be the most watched game on Saturday and he's going to try, he's not going to try to embarrass Colorado. He's going to try to put on a show because everyone's going to be watching. And that's exactly what Oregon did, you know, just to prove it like, Hey, our defense is legit. Bo Nix is playing great football. This isn't Auburn Bo Nix. Like, this dude can play ball. Um, and it was their opportunity to show that on a national stage. It was uh, – that was, it was, I think they're they, – they have my – Oregon has my attention, um, you know, and, yeah. and I think that they, they got a good a good squad. All right, let's go back to the Buckeyes here for a minute. Just I, I just felt like it was uh, important to point out that for as well as Ohio State's playing and – and you could argue that they've got the best win in the country over Notre Dame. Um, you know, the fact that Florida State has beaten LSU and Clemson, I thought was was important. Texas's win is is really, really good over Bama. You know, the Ohio State win over Notre Dame was not just exciting, but the kind of win that solidifies, you know, what what they're uh trying to accomplish and and you know, uh in the post CJ Stroud era, they're not faking it. Right. I, I think that's that's what a lot of people walked away from that game going. And it's mostly, in my opinion, because of the defense. So let's talk defense for a minute. Um, why don't we start up front? Tyler Williams and Mike Hall uh, have been terrific so far this year. We've seen more Ty Hamilton than I expected early in the season. Uh, and I think Ty has also played solid, but I, I would like to see Mike Hall a little bit more regularly. Um, 
but the defensive line for not, you know, not being the sack generating machine that we're used to seeing in the past. Uh, I'd, I'd say probably Tyleek Williams is the most valuable defensive lineman at this point. He was like the Tasmanian devil on Saturday, like just, just tearing stuff up in the middle. And that's honestly what defensive tackles are are about. Um, and just like really just like plugging gaps and like making it really, really hard on the offensive line and the uh, opposing offense to, to run the football. Um, him, him uh, he's been really good. And Mike Hall, I think as well, has been very good. Again, the numbers haven't been um, kind of showing up. But I think with their impact, both of their impacts have been um, very understated because you know what they what they accomplish and what they're able to do. But Tyleek Williams, he's a, he he got the defensive player of the uh, of the week at least for Ohio State. Um, you know their internal award, and he was spectacular last week. And again, those guys have just continued um, to uh, to get better inside, and like that's so important because that's been that's been the underlying problem was like stopping the run being like very like physical up front um and i think that those two guys have been very good in taking steps in the right direction there um and just continuing to improve that off that defensive line because when you're able to do that again we talked about it last week if you can stop the run with four guys on the on the line of scrimmage and two linebackers then you let let your dbs play defense and, and let's let that makes it really hard on an offense uh, to be successful and that's what those guys need to do um on that front line yeah they've been Rock solid. Um, I, I I might even argue that Tyleek Williams has been, you know, uh, my my favorite defender to watch in the first four games of the season, simply because it it wasn't just a one game effort for him at at Notre Dame. He's been really good, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the beginning of the season here. Uh, on the back end of the defense, that's where everybody had all the question marks coming in, right? Because of all the big plays this team had given up the last couple of years in big moments, uh, they were susceptible to to get and beat. And unfortunately that showed its head uh, against Georgia or else the, the Buckeyes would probably be the, the 2022 national champions. Um, the secondaries looked really good. Josh Proctor, I think has played a lot better so far this year. Um, Igbenosin has been a really nice addition to the secondary. Denzel Burke looks like he's playing, you know, back at his freshman all American uh, caliber. Uh, and Lathan Ransom was all over the place last weekend Sonny Styles has been great. I mean, we're we're talking about a group here that's as a like maybe not individuals uh, that you're talking about like first round pick, first round pick, first round pick. Um, as a group, they look really, really good. Yeah, the sum of their parts is elite. Uh, my favorite, honestly, that has been the improvement in the the year that Igbenison's put on. Um, you know, obviously being a transfer and, and kind of coming in and understanding that, hey, Denzel Burke on the other side is elite, and the only other place to throw it is is at me. And there was a couple times. Uh, there was a couple times that. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. We'll get into that here. I'll, I'll make a comment on that in a second. Um, There's a couple times last week where Davison was like challenged um, and and had a couple, you know, there was one holding call, but like, hey, that's like, honestly, I don't like pass interference is holdings and stuff. That doesn't mean much to me. That just means, hey, you know, I got my hands on him or I potentially got beat and was preventing a touchdown. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. But I just thought he was he's really impressive and he's such a good athlete too. He's such his body type is is really good too. He's big, he's long, and he's fast. Um, it's exactly what you want. Obviously, Denzel Burke's been great, but that's a great comment um, about how the secondary tackles. We showed a couple clips on on uh, on uh, Monday where you know they they're not afraid, man. Like 
They are not afraid to stick their nose in there, especially with Ransom and Sonny Styles um, and Josh Proctor. Like they will come and hit you. And that's like that's not common. Right. The best safeties when you think about them, like Ed Reed, Paul Amalu, like those dudes were hitters. Like that's not a common thing, but when you're when your defensive backs are not afraid to stick their nose in there and really mess some stuff up, that causes serious issues on an offensive side because I said it, like sometimes you don't even block guys because you know your running backs better than maybe a corner or a safety and they'll make a miss. But when you have to account for them in the run game, like that's that's huge. That's a huge advantage. And they they do a great job of tackling. I, I know that it was two years ago at this point. And that there's there there are a good number of players that are no longer on the defense from two years back. I, I really liked Kerry Combs as a guy. He's one of one of the best, most personable coaches and best recruiters um, that I've ever seen. I mean, this defense is running circles around where they were two years ago. And it's so refreshing to see that there are still a lot of pieces that are on this team uh, that were here a couple of years ago. It's, it's cool to see how like their path, their journey has come to fruition where they've gone through a massive overhaul um, because the defense that we saw in the Rose bowl in particular, right? I mean, it, there were some moments in the Rose bowl where Utah carved them up a little bit and, and Ohio state had to put out an offensive show for the ages to come back and win that game. Um, you know, where we are now compared to where we were two years ago feels so different. Uh, but it gives me a lot of hope as a Buckeye fan, right? Because you look at this team and think, all right, you know, that kind of defensive effort against Notre Dame, like let's take out some of the other things that played in, uh, you know, the, the fact that Notre Dame only had 10 guys on the field the last two plays, which by the way, I've since seen that's not the only time that's happened to them this year. That happened against Tennessee State, too. It's totally inexcusable. Um, you know, the, the defense did its job. They they didn't give up game-changing huge plays. Uh, they bottled up one of the best running backs in the country, and Audric Estime, and, and they're going to have additional tests in front of them to show that they're, they're you know, the real deal. Um, but they're playing like they're one of the best defenses in the country this year. Well, and when you have a great defense – that gives your offense time to figure itself out. Uh, and, and that, you know, you can kind of see that in Ohio State. I mean, giving up 34 points through four games is like absurd. And they're giving up eight and a half points a game, which is is totally like that's crazy. But we, when you have a defense like that, that allows the rest of your team to like figure itself out. And you will be, I promise you, if this defense stays on this pace, you will be in every single game. Like there's sure. without question, there's just no debate about it. You'll be in every single game and have an opportunity to win it because, you know, if the defense can cause issues, um, you know, for the offensive side of the ball, like that'll keep you hanging around. Um, and that gives, that gave Ohio state some runway, man. Maybe Ryan day knew that going into going into the season, like, Hey, we don't need, you know, our defense is going to be good enough where we can extend camp a little bit and figure out some position battles, figure out the offense and not worry about where our team is going to be because this defense is so elite that by the time week four, five, six, seven roll around, like they're going to be humming. And we just need our offense by that time to get there um, and, and to be to be around, um, you know, to be you know playing as well as them at that point. So it's, it's so good to see. And it's so awesome. Like every time those silver bullets come on the field, man, you're just like, hey, what's going to happen this drive? Because it ain't going to be good for the other offense. 
It's a nice problem to have. So I think there's a lot That's of so teams good. around the country that probably don't uh, don't have that luxury. Um, let's wrap on the offensive side of the ball. I want to talk Kyle McCord at the very end. So let's go here first to uh, Emeka Ibuka, who yeah. you know probably didn't get quite the same level of praise as Marvin Harrison Jr. coming into the year. And I understand that. I mean, Marvin looks like a generational talent. Um, Emeka Ibuka screams first round draft pick to me. He has he has absolutely lived up to the hype of being the number one recruited wide receiver in the country. Um, and I think the fact that every team has tried so hard to take Marv out has given Emeka more chances to shine. I think he looks great. I mean, three, three weeks ago, if you were to ask me, hey, who's going to be the leading receiver – receptions wise for Ohio state, you know, halfway through the year or a quarter through the year, I'd had Marvin, you know, I've been a Marvin guy for, I mean, this whole time we've been, we've been chatting this team and Emeka has got 19 catches, 263 yards, three scores. Um, you know, him and Marvin are tied with three scores and he's got two more catches uh, than Marvin. Marvin has some, some more yards, about 70 more yards, but like everything you need out of um, for this offense, he's like, Emeka's the perfect fit. If they're taking Marvin away. You know, Mecca's there. If it's third and 19 and you're not having to force something down the field and you need someone to catch it, you're throwing it to two and he's going to make a catch on the football. Um, he's just been so impressive to me, in my opinion, just because, you know, from my vantage point, I was coming in like, hey, this receiver room is going to go as Marvin Harrison goes. Um, and he's and Marvin's good enough that if there are teams double teaming him or trying to take him away, that he can still win. Denver factored in how it was going to affect totally the other guys and Emeka has been great. Like think of these top four guys. Emeka has got 19 catches. Kate Stover's got 17 catches. Marvin's got 17 catches and Julian Fleming's got 13 catches. So why that excites me is that I bet the targets are potentially a little bit different, but for, for Kyle, it's not, Hey, I'm forcing it to one guy or two guys. I'm really doing a good job of spreading the field and whoever's open is getting the football. Um, and Emeka has done such an incredible job in my opinion just being that guy and showing like, hey, I was the number one recruited guy. I am a first round talent and I'm showing it and I'm going to continue to show it as this year progresses. Yeah, and, he, and he seems to be the kind of guy that wants the ball when the game is in its biggest moments. Right. I mean, you saw him several times this past weekend targeted when Ohio State needed something special. Um, you know, he's he's got those characteristics, which I think is really, really cool. Um, Cade Stober, I think, is having a better year than I even expected. Uh, I I love what I've seen from him so far, and and not just statistically. In fact, most of what I've liked doesn't show up in the box score. Um, it's it's his ability to chip at the line of scrimmage when you don't think he's going to, uh, you know, be in a position to throw a block. It's it's the constant extra heart and effort that you want out of a captain. Uh, and a guy that's the heartbeat of your team. And, um, you know, you have high expectations for a captain coming into the year, especially a, a two-time captain. Um, but Cade, Cade's been the real deal. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that he's going to win the Mackey Award kind of thing. Um, but I guarantee you there is nobody else in the country Ohio State would rather have playing tight end. 
yeah, he's like you said, a leader. You know, this is the Buckeye. Like, you know, he he's a guy that you know just bleeds Ohio State football, man. And you can see it. He eats glass, man. He is a tough. He's tough as nails. He'll hit you in the run game. He'll make a, a great catch in the pass game, and he's so athletic too. Like that's been my favorite part to watch about him is like when he gets the ball in open space, he can make guys miss. He's fast and he's like really really hard to bring down. Um, so he's been such a uh, such an awesome um, you know, guy to watch uh, as this year's kind of gone on. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I think he probably made some money this past weekend. You know, that was that was an elite performance against Notre Dame, and I I don't know enough about where the other tight ends are in the country um, to to really have a good feel for his draft stock. But I have to think that putting on a performance like that, uh, you know, combined with some of the other good performances he's had, you know, over the last couple of years, um, you know, that that. In my opinion, that's probably a big deal for him. Um, but let's let's wrap with Kyle McCord because everybody wants to talk about Ohio State quarterbacks, and um, you know it's it's obviously been a, an interesting first four weeks of the season because Kyle didn't officially get named the starter until week three, but he felt like the front runner coming in because he started games one and two and wasn't going to do anything to lose the job. Um, I, I think the thing that most impressed me was his composure on third downs against Notre Dame. I mean, if I look at the first four weeks of the season and say, okay, where was Kyle at his best? It was his ability to buckle down when he had to do it against their best opponent so far in that kind of environment on the road. And he guided the team up the field with some composure wasn't great on first and second down, missed a few throws along the way last week that um, I know he wants back. But ultimately, like when he had to, to fire one in there in tight windows, repeatedly he did it. And I just think this game, you know, against Notre Dame is going to do so much for his confidence. Um, you know, I, I can understand why Ohio State internally is saying, that's our guy, we are behind him all the way. Uh, and and maybe Kyle is like coming into his own a little as he finds that, you know, he is capable of having all of that kind of success. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And like his composure, just like you said, everything on third down, like third down is such like a like just like, do you have the guts and do you have the heart for it? And some of those throws, I mean, we watched them. They were in bad positions, like third and 19 is a horrible position and feeling to be in as a quarterback, um, you know, and the then just the. What's that? With the game on the line. With the game on the line, with one timeout, with no timeouts, and you got to, or whatever the, you know, the timeout situation was. Like, that's a helpless feeling. Fourth and eight's worse, trust me. Um, you know, so like the way he just stood in there was super comfortable um, and did that. They, he'd just been very impressive. And like, at, from a small picture perspective, a micro look at Saturday, I thought he did exactly what he needed to do. I mean, that was a, such a hard fought game. He completed every ball, didn't turn it over, didn't throw a touchdown, but that's fine. You don't need to. You won the football game. At the macro level, like looking at the whole year, completing 65% of your balls is very good. Um, he's 74 or 113. He's turned it over one time, one interception and one fumble, but one um, one interception and six touchdowns. Like very just steady, exactly what you need as you continue, as he like, you know, just continues to learn how to be the Ohio State quarterback. It's, maybe it's not going to look the flashiest, but it doesn't need to. Just needs to get wins, um, and, and, and you know what you saw on Saturday leads you to believe that this guy's tough, and he's going to be 
he's going to he'll take some punches but he'll get up every single time um and he'll be their first team which is was the favorite my favorite thing uh to see from Saturday's game from him and and even the interception that he threw i mean everybody was like god oh, he threw it across his body over the middle of the field like that was terrible like i it was in a position where it was okay to take a shot. Was it a mistake? Yeah, but far from a brutal mistake, in my opinion. Uh, it essentially worked out like missing a field goal. Yeah, it, it you know ultimately uh, the, the interception wasn't returned very far. It, it just it wasn't a huge deal at that point of the game to make you know to try to make that kind of play. And for a guy who was, you know, for all intents and purposes in his first career start, um, mm-hmm. I know he started against Akron, but it wasn't his team then. So, yeah, I, I, I've been impressed with his ability to, to run this offense. Um, he's got a rocket for an arm, and I've said it since training camp. I think Kyle's going to be a pro. He, he is trending toward a professional career in football for sure. Now, whether or not he's a first-round pick – and makes you know eight figures. It's going to depend on how well he does, uh, you know, between now and and when the you know when he would declare for a draft. But um, Kyle has everything that it takes, in my opinion, to play in the NFL. And uh, I think Ohio State is is going to benefit from a guy who is learning on the job, uh, gaining confidence each week, and playing with a receiver core like this. Um, it's it's been pretty. Uh, it's been pretty fun to watch. You you want to you want to feel like part of what your team can do is grow in front of you, right? Like the unrealistic expectation of beating everybody by fifty almost isn't fun. You know, you mm-hmm. you want to have some moments along the way where you're like, well, is this is this team what I think and hope they can be? Uh, and Ryan Day made it abundantly clear. <laughs> Don't question his team's toughness. Yeah. No, he's been uh, Kyle's been perfect. Everything that they need, um, and he'll just continue to grow and get better. Um, you know, as these uh, as these next weeks progress. Yeah, it's certainly been uh, certainly been pretty fun. All right, well, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. I think it's been a, a really solid start to the season, and looking forward to uh, seeing where this team continues on. For all the latest news and info around the Ohio State Buckeyes, head over to buckeyesnow.com. For Anthony Meglin, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for subscribing to the show. We'll see you real soon as Ohio State gets back on the field, uh, on the practice field here later today.